Good evening. I'm Chris McCarthy. We have my good friend Marcus Farrow here. We're Marcus and Chris, and we're hosting South Coast tonight. It's our very maiden show, The First Voyage. Um, we've had some great guests. We've had some great callers. And we're going to be here through till 10 o'clock. So continue to give us a call at 996 We're going to write to the calls. Good, uh, good evening. You're live. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, you're live. Hello. Oh, Marcus, hey. Oh, is this, is it, am I on? Yeah, yes. hey, what's up, Pat? Hey, um, Marcus, uh, do you mind if I ask you guys just a question about the um, governor's race quick? Sure, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, I, so I'm really against guns, and I'm thinking maybe Mara Haley, who I'm going to go with, who do you guys, guys like? Well, so I mean, I'm a I'm a registered Democrat, so I'm, right. I'm gonna if it comes that more Haley's the only Democrat in the race, uh, you know, unless, um, well, I'm gonna vote for more Healy, right. right? So I mean, I've I've, yeah. I've I'm gonna vote for more Healy, um, you know, Chris. You like I like Do I like Doty. So um, yeah, I happen to like Doty. I think Doty is a is a serious guy. I think he's putting forward his own money to run. I don't like the fact that Jeff Deal pushed out Charlie Baker. Everyone's got the right to do what they want to do, but he pushed out Charlie Baker. But he doesn't have the finances or the support to even really contest a general election. Probably not even the primary now. So I really do not appreciate the way what Jeff Deal did. Although I understand an ideological crusade, I'm not opposed to it. But sometimes it's not worth it. And so for that reason, I'll be voting for Jeff uh, for, for, uh, Chris Doty. So here's the, and, and you're asking, do I like more Healy? I in like the primary, then. Uh, you're asking if I like more Healy. I like more Healy a lot. I would have voted for her in the primary if there was um, other people running against her because I think she's a very qualified candidate. Um, I, I mean, she's the attorney general. She, I think, has done an excellent job in attorney general. As far as guns go, a lot of people, I think, a lot of Massachusetts gun owners um, and, uh, you know, let's call them uh, 2A people, uh, really don't like what Maury Healy did um, on the uh, AR-15 uh, issue. I, a lot of people okay. think she overstepped her, her, uh, her, um, her authority. And so I think if you're looking for a candidate that is going to... Um, advocate for more gun control. Then, more Healy is definitely the candidate. I think she's pretty. I think she's been pretty solid on that issue as Attorney General. And my last point will just be before I hang up. I think I know you guys mentioned Ted Kennedy. I think he's uh, proof that drunk drivers are way more dangerous than. Um, this is an immigrant driver, Jesus. Sorry, you guys have a good night. It could have been a good line if you could have gotten it. I, I was with you on it, but I understand when you have such a good line that you. you step I know, on, I know. Pat, over. Pat's Pat's a great guy. He's a caller into my uh, my Saturday show, and I'm looking forward to hearing from him more. Five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Let's go back to the phones. Hey, good evening. How you doing? Good, Johnny. One note. That is Johnny One Note. How you How doing, my you? man? How you feeling? I'm not feeling too bad. Calling you from deep in the woods here in North Dartmouth. Moon is rising up here and lighting up the sky a little bit. The fireflies are flying around, all lit up and everything. It's just a beautiful summer evening here. You're painting a beautiful North picture. North Dartmouth. Yeah, it's just a great evening to be alive here tonight. I'm so glad to hear you guys at night. I haven't listened to talk radio at night. Uh, the last one I talked to was uh, Henry Carrero, I believe. Sure, that good was, guy. Yeah, that was back in the 80s. I was living on Maxfield Street in the hood. <laughs> and uh, man, I'll tell you what, 
that that evening show, we used to get in some wicked, heavy debates, man. It, because you know why? Because you had had the working man that was able to call in at night, and I was one of them. That's how I got into talk radio. Right. Because I couldn't listen to it because I was working all day long. But you got the working man's perspective. Because during the day, you know, you kind of get the same people all the time. You get a lot of retired people, people that might be on SSI or disability or whatever. You know what I mean? But the majority of people work during the day. Correct. So at night, you know, here's an opportunity for the working man, the guy who's always bitching about his taxes and working out and this and that. This is your opportunity, brother, to call in and air out your lungs on whatever's, you know, got your... But you're a gout, you know. <laughs> I'll tell you, Johnny, we, we, in, a, in the pitch meeting and when we were talking about this, developing this show here at the station, that was part of the big focus was the yeah. fact that we have all kinds of people that, that would be listening to the show or calling the show, but, but they're at work in the daytime. And so they, need, right. they need an outlet, too. And, and we've been very happy with so far with the results. I mean, the phone line's yeah. been jammed the entire time. Good. Good. I hope it blossoms into a big uh, success. And you know, Johnny, you want to know, we'll be here. Every night listening to you. So you guys Monday through Friday now? Monday, Monday through Friday. Friday, yeah. Oh, yeah, this is the best. I'm <laughs> so happy about it. Thank the people in the office for me. I, this is something I wanted for years. I wanted to come back. We talked about it. So we cool. talked about yeah. it. Yes, we did. We used to talk about it. Chris, it's just great to hear you back on the uh, air again. It really is. I'm so happy to hear you. Thanks, Bob. I appreciate I it. I really do. a lot better than it was the last time I saw you. Yes. Um, you sound to be better now. <laughs> I am. I am a lot better. Thank you, Bob. I really appreciate it. All your prayers, all your thoughts, all your all your, your, your great comment, man. I've really appreciated it. All right. I wasn't going to let you down by dying. <laughs> don't you let me down. What's that? Now, don't you let me down. I won't let you down. So tomorrow is a big day for me. Tomorrow I have a PET scan. So it's going to tell me whether I still have cancer or not. And uh, if I don't, look out because... You know, when, you, when you know you have cancer, it's on your mind every every sixty seconds of every minute of every day of every right. week. It, it just never goes away. Right. Um, so tomorrow I'll find out if I still have not. If not, then I can really take this big load off my shoulders and focus on healing because the cancer didn't really kill me. But man, the treatment just about killed me. That's I what they say. Forty-four pounds. You wouldn't even recognize me right now if I. Walked. How's your wife doing under all this? She's doing good, bless her sweet soul, man. She gets up every day. She's been working six days a week. Six days a week, man. She gets up at three. She's out of the house by four. She's home by one, two, sometimes three in the afternoon. She's been working so hard, and uh, you know, to keep up more of her end of uh, responsibilities around the one note ranch over here. And God bless her. I, I love her so. I really do. She's she's been she's been a, a big help to me. If it wasn't for her. This whole ordeal would have been a lot tougher. And my family, my kids. You know, you 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 got to have support for something like this, as you well Absolutely, know. absolutely. You know, if you don't have support behind you, man, it's, it, I can't even imagine. It's got to be. I don't think those people make it. I don't think they do. Uh, probably not. Probably don't. So, but hooray for you guys. I'm so excited. I'll be calling you until calls get sick of me they calling they start swearing at me again yeah. so I'm ready for it love it Johnny thank you so much thanks for the call Johnny appreciate it Johnny One Note great caller from the Chris McCarthy show let's hope he does let's hope he's okay tomorrow we're looking forward to some great news tomorrow hopefully yeah. uh, so 508-996-0500 we've got another call let's take it hey good evening thanks for calling 
Good evening, gentlemen, and I use that term loosely. Hey, Mike, <laughs> hey, Mike. Hi, what's Mike. up? What's going on, guys? How you been, my friend? Greatest day in the last couple of years for local politics to have a show like this every night for three hours with you two gentlemen well-informed. It's a great day. I mean, you remember what Johnny, Johnny One Note was talking about. You remember those shows? They were jammed at night. Yeah. Please, please. I was a constant caller on Henry Carrero because at that time back in the late uh, 70s, uh, well, no, uh, 80s, 80s through 90, because yeah, he, 90s, uh, he was yeah. around for the Rosemary Tierney, uh John Bullard uh, battle in uh, 90, I don't even remember, 91, I think, when uh, Tierney pulled it upset uh, by uh, like 0.8% or whatever it was. I, I don't exactly remember what it was like, 50.3 to 49.6 or whatever the heck it was. So it was a great race. So, yeah, those days were the best. And... Uh, I remember, I can go back to remembering Manny Simmons and the overnight show. We're going to have a lot of fun here. Yeah. It's, really, Mike, we're going to have a, a lot of fun. We're really excited oh, for this please, opportunity. I can't, I can't wait for the local stuff to get rolling. Uh, yeah. One question I do have for you, gentlemen, is what do you think of uh, the Strauss-Trapello uh, race in the local Fairhaven so area? This actually inf impacts us, right? Because right. uh, it's actually this, this person's running to be our state rep. Right. Um, so I think that... First of all, I think uh, Rick Trapillo is a, um, he's a really, I had him, I had him on. He's a really nice guy. He presents really well. Um, and, uh, you know, he's obviously got a lot of accomplishments. I think it's a tall order uh, beating a guy like, a guy like Bill Strauss, a guy who's chairman of the transportation committee, who has a significant amount of cash um, on hand about, I think the last I checked, about 90 grand in his right. uh, in his campaign account. Yep. And a guy that's been there for, I think, I think he got elected in 93. I think that's a tall order. Well, let me just refresh everybody's memory. No, I know I know where you're going oh, okay. with this. Okay, so listen, I saw one, and that's the biggest one I've ever seen probably. Uh, I don't know anything about this race. I know Rick. I know Mr. Strauss, but I don't know anything about it. I'm not in contact with either one of them. Uh, I just uh, maybe see something coming again. Well, I'll tell you what, that... that um Now's the right time to strike if you're going to strike against an incumbent because the districts have been changed. Um, there's a lot of people in the north end of New Bedford that Bill Stroud has, has never represented before that, that are going to, well, in, in theory, can be a lot more Democrat voters in that primary coming out of the north end of New Bedford than, say, there are in Rochester, Mary, and places like that. But, it's, but the name identification, the ability to campaign... The, the knowledge about campaigning and getting out your vote, things like that. It's very difficult for a first-time guy to beat does, a long-time incumbent. Does anybody know who is running a Rick's campaign? I don't. I, I don't know in particular. I know he's gotten some support from the business uh, community. Um, I do know some people that are affiliated with him. I don't know necessarily if they, I would 
you know, I, I don't want to say that they're running the campaign because I don't know if they are. Like, I know people that are doing stuff for him. I just don't know if they're running the campaign. So I don't know if the, I don't know who the designated chairperson is. Chris Hendricks was a very unique candidate. Chris Hendricks was a very unique candidate. Massive energy levels. Um, determined to win. Listened to his campaign manager. Listened to his advisors. And did and just executed. He just executed. Um, and well, and, and um, Cabral. I'm going to end with this. Yeah, I'm going to end with this. You said something, Chris, that could come very well into play, the North End of New Bedford, where Rick and his wife have been successful business people for years. Right. That's oh, no, true. believe me. Believe me. I think, in terms of timing, that Trapello uh, has made the, the right time to move because of the redistricting. In two years from now, he may, maybe, he'll, maybe he'll rematch if he loses, but the, it'll be a different mo- world because Bill Strauss will have had two full years of representing those people. And there's a lot That's of Democrats right. in the North End of New Bedford, uh, yeah, way I, more than I Washington. just think it's, it's I hear you. I, I, I like Rick on a personal level. I like him do, a lot. Yeah. It's a tall order. That's that's what yeah, I'm saying. It's a tall order. So you know, you know, Mike, for an incumbent to to be beaten, the challenger has to do everything right, and then something has to break his way. <laughs> yeah. And I don't know that, that I don't know that Bill Strauss is in the business of screwing up, really. Right. You know, we look look we look at we look at um help me out here. What's, I can't already forgotten his name. Bob Cazaro. Bob Cazaro. Yeah. Bob Bob Cazaro was caught sleeping. Yeah. Bill Strauss has not been. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right, exactly. Because uh, didn't even put his signs up until two weeks before before the yeah. primary, which I guess is a strategy that some people do. It seems silly to me. Obviously, it didn't work. So, but right. I see Strauss has already got signs on. Strauss has also got um, got some really big endorsements. He got the entire select board, the entire school committee. I know. Um, I don't make endorsements because I'm here, right? right? But the rest of the BPW uh, endorsed him. Um, so he's got, at least in, here in town in Fairhaven, I can't speak to Marion, uh, uh, Mattapoiset or Rochester. I'm sure he's got some strong support there. So he's getting some strong support in, uh, at least here in town from, from a lot of the people that, that, uh, you know, make decisions here. So I would say this too, Mike, that, that, that Bill Strauss is, as I said, not sleeping on this race. He's not getting caught no, no. behind. So, and he clearly Absolutely. wants to be erected, reelected. He clearly does. And, and, and that's I'll a big thing. Scott Lang said on your program, Bob is there and he had a train coming and he got railed, he got rambled right over. Right. Yep. Right. Hey, Mike, thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Looking thanks forward to you calling yeah. in more. Absolutely. Have a great day. That's just a smattering of what we have to talk about, really. I know, really. There is so much to talk about. And I, I've talked to, I've actually talked to both um, Chairman Strauss and uh, and Rick Trapillo, and they both have said they're, they're looking forward to coming on. Yeah, they, 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 look, that's a that's a, that's a a very interesting race because it's got the town, I mean, a lot of people don't realize this, it's got the city of New Bedford, yeah. the town of Fairhaven, the town a of Cushnet. Cushnet. Too, a, yeah. a, a, a sliver of a Cushnet. But, but a lot still. of people out there. Yeah. The town of Rochester, the town of Mattapoisa, and the town of Marion. Yeah. It's one of the biggest districts. And let's not forget this, whoever wins the Democrat primary is coming up against Republicans as well. Yeah. And and you've got some you've got some conservative pockets in the district you for do. sure. You do. It was represented by the last one of the last Republicans in this area. John Bradford represented that place. Hmm. So, well, um, I mean, so I mean, it's. I believe at one point he did have that. This was the the most conservative district represented by a Democrat. Oh, I believe it. I, I, I probably still is. Yeah, it might be even after the redistricting. Well, you, you, absolutely. You look at you look at the towns of. Although Marion is not as Republican as it used to be, uh, Mattapoisa is not as Republican, but Fairhaven is more. Yeah. So well, we're going to see. We're going to see. I know. I'm involved in politics here. I, <laughs> I understand that. All right. So uh, actually, we've got another call. Uh, let's take it. 
Hello. Good evening, gentlemen. Hank Turgeon, what's up? What's going on? Hank Turgeon, former uh, president of the New Bedford Police uh, Police Union. I'm glad you joined us on our on our, uh, on our first show. No, very very excited to be part of it, and uh, I can't believe all the topics you guys are hitting already. I don't know I don't know where to start. <laughs> I think maybe the the name, the dynamic duo. I have yeah. so many more names I can go with. What so about Dumb more. and Dumber? Oh, there's a good one. Uh, <laughs> Laurel and Hardy. There's another one. But <laughs> I'm glad you guys were on at night. And I think for every uh, every cop, medic, firefighter that works this shift, they're going to be thrilled to have some some local entertainment on the air and hit the topics we all want here. I like to entertain so, him rather than doing it in person. So that'd be fantastic. Well, well, no, that's that's <laughs> well, I like being there in person for you, Chris. Thank you. But I appreciate that's that. Why, that is why I'm calling. Is I've told you before, Chris. I think this show would be fantastic if you guys did a ride along, and then you get to see the impact of either illegal aliens having driver's license. Is it good? Is it bad? Is I know Marcus got to see it in the court system, but you didn't get to see it, Chris. Um, and then when you talk about the two A people, Marcus. You'll see some of the response to legal gun owners and them being responsible. You'll respond to calls where people illegally possess guns and commit crimes. Um, so I, I think you guys should convince the city to let you go for a ride along. Yeah, that'd be great. Find out somehow for you guys to do a live broadcast from the from the seat of a cruise. That would be wild. I would awesome. I would I would absolutely be amenable to that. <laughs> that'd be that'd very be great. cool. I would, try, I, mean, I would try to get you guys on the police motorcycle, but I don't think all three of us would uh, No, yeah. No, <laughs> I'm gonna quite a visual hard pass on the motorcycle, but I am that would be very cool to do do the ride along for sure. Yeah, I think that would be a blast and I'm sure your your tech people could definitely get it done where uh where you guys could be broadcasting live. You might not be able to take calls, but Chris loves his scanner now and I know he hears us all the time, and he'll hit me up saying, "Hey, was that you in that foot chase?" So, oh, that scan the scanner is people. People have to listen to the scanner around here just to see how much activity the police really have, and also how many just I would say garbage calls you have. You guys have to go to how much real misery you have to see. It's not all just chasing bank robbers. It's not. It's really not. No, and, and that's why when you bring up the illegal aliens getting driver's license, I'm not against it. I'm not for it because. I don't want to pull somebody over that doesn't have a driver's license, but they do everything right. And I go, well, hey, it's an arrestable offense, or i got to send you to court system. Right. And here's a father of five just trying to take care of his family. On the other hand, the rest of us are out there legally driving, and we get hit by someone unlicensed. We're paying the price. Right. So just because you give them a license doesn't mean they're going to go out and get car insurance for the cars you're driving. That's so it's true. a very tough subject. Very tough it's a very tough subject, Hank. And um, you know, one of the, one of my concerns has been that one of the reasons you could you could search a car was when someone doesn't have a driver's license. How many of these people are going to be driving around with things in the car they shouldn't have, fentanyl, handguns, things like that, that you guys are no longer able to search the car? Yeah, so you're saying that that's that criminal charge builds up some probable cause, right? Either through a, a tow, we're going to tow the car, and now we're going to do an inventory search. Um, so that does take that away. But I would say the yeah. majority of people that I am pulling over, most of them are doing the right thing. But again, they came here initially illegally. And I know it's a tough topic, Marcus, but they're here illegally and now we're giving them potentially the right to vote down the road. Well, you know, here's the thing. Uh, we've had non, non-voting non citizens have had driver's licenses right. for 30-some-odd years because it's um, people here who are who are legally residing here, that green card holders and things like that. So Legally. Uh, yeah, right, but but they're non-voting citizens and they have driver's licenses. So the 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 DMV has clearly found a way 
to accommodate driver's licenses for people who are unable to vote um, and not, you know, have some, I don't know, widespread voters fraud or or having people who don't have voting rights, um, you know, sort of gum up the works. Hank, I have a question for you. The the Chief of Police Association of Massachusetts, the large city chiefs, uh, they voted in favor of this. That's what that's what we're told. Was there any outreach to the union guys to find out how the union union police men and women of of the police departments felt about this issue? The people actually pulling the cars over. We have larger voices than just the New Bedford Police Union. Like we can give our voice. Um, No one had reached out to me prior to um, when I stepped down, but we have like. Uh, Mass Police Association, Fraternal Order of Police, Mass Cops, and them collectively, we've seen it, especially during police reform, they come together and they've formed an alliance, kind of like the International Firefighters Association. They're one voice. Police were all separate voices, so we had different spokespeople up there giving different messages. So I don't know if they said specifically, give us your, your response to that, but I'm sure overwhelmingly, People were against it because of the unknowns. The unknowns. That's a good. That's a good point. The unknowns, right? You just don't know what's going to happen. Yep. Hank, thanks for calling in. I got to take this break, but I appreciate Damon, it. Have a great, have a great night. Thank thanks, you Hank. Thanks on. so much. Thanks Thank for you. everything. Looking forward to more calls like that as well from yeah. from uh, men and women are, uh, that are that are first responders and that can give us an on the ground look at stuff right. like that. Their perspective from for the experience. There, is known, not- there are no knowns. There are known unknowns. Right. Right. Uh, what, well, um, because of the unknowns. The unknown knowns. Uh, that's uh, Donald Rumsfeld. Rest in peace. But all right, I gotta uh, I gotta take this break, and then we will be back. This is South Coast tonight with Chris and Marcus here at fourteen twenty WBSM. It's it's July, but I, I like love, that song. I love that song. It's a great song. It's a great song. The um, Marcus, the um, speaking of great stuff, you've got a great piece tonight. <laughs> I love your segment. Yeah. <laughs> you've got a great, great piece tonight at, at WBSM.com, yeah. which I encourage people to go check out. And we're going to have some more information. So, we, we found out from Senator Montigny about these tax breaks. Yeah, so um, I spoke uh, on Friday with uh, on the phone with uh, Chairman Rodericks, and um, he was, we just very, very like a sort of, I want to say loose, but very casual conversation about right. the um, the 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 tax relief. And you know, I'd asked him first of all, you know, why is it why uh, are these payments people for under thirty from under thirty eight k? Because I told him you look at New Bedford Fall River, right. that's twenty two k right is the is the median income. So it's a lot of people in, the, in this district. And he said that they already sent out some relief. Uh, and that's that's true out of the ARPA funding, the ARPA and, and budget surplus fund that was signed in late December or mid-December, I'll say. In mid-December by Governor Baker sent out about a million five hundred dollar checks and that they were looking working on more permanent tax relief. Right. right. So that is, you know, if you want to see what the more permanent tax relief is, I have that listed on WBSM.com in the column. And he also said uh that by the end of the budget session, said so that you can't really, they're adding out the details, can't really talk about everything right, now. Right, but like by Montigny the, told us. Right, like yeah. exactly what, what uh, Senator Montigny told us, is by the end of the the legislative session, uh, we will know, you know, more comprehensive details about what they're working on. And again, that's Chairman Mike Rogers, who's writing the budget on Beacon Hill, uh, along with Aaron Michael, what's in the House. There's a, there's a tremendous difference, and I, I don't mean, I'm not, and believe me, the, no, nobody in the House will disagree with me on this, but... 
with limited exception, there's a big difference between being a senator and being a rep. Yeah. The amount of power and influence that a senator has um, is enormous compared to a member of the House of Representatives. Here's, okay, so here's what I'm trying to figure out. And I've, I've, I try to read things, right? Right. I read a lot of things. And you can do it. You and can I can, it. I can, I I'm able to do it. I'm right. able to read. So, um, I, because in the Senate, in the Senate, in Congress, right, there's, there's specific powers that, that the Senate has, a senator yes. has that the, that the, a, a congressman doesn't have. You can vote on, you vote on judicial appointments, you vote on cabinet appointments, right? right? Uh, in the treaties, treaties, treaties. Well, you used to do treaties. That's a big one. Yeah, no one does do treaties. treaties anymore. The last treaty I remember actually was in 2013. There was a treaty that they wanted to like. Um, they wanted to adopt like I think some UN standards for like treating people with disabilities like not crappy. Okay. And Bob Dole was sitting there, and he was hoping that they would vote yes and they like felt just a few votes shy so he just kind of sat there like oh man right you know it's like kind of it was kind of a how the mighty have fallen type of moment because bob dole at one point was a he was the man yeah he was the man in the senate he was the senate uh, majority leader the, the the head of the senate but anyway I, it's neither here nor there i'm trying to figure out what responsibilities a massachusetts senator has the massachusetts rep doesn't have i know their vote counts for more right they represent more people right and there's fewer there's fewer senators because uh, yeah, that's the way the Senate works. There's fewer senators, so your vote counts for more. Yes. But what do they do that's different? I should have asked Senator Montigny. That would have been a good question for Mark. The um, So the fact that the votes count more is, is a big part of it. But yeah. remember, remember, everything that goes through the House has to go through the Senate and vice versa. Right. So therefore, well, your vote means a hell of a lot more in the Senate. I I understand that. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out. Why does it exist? Why is it like that? Yeah. Why is it like that? Is it just like that? Because and I, listen, I think we have great senators. Well, I think Rodericks and Montigny are great senators, and well, I'm happy I, that we have them. I think but I why is it something. like that? I think I can add something to this on the historical note, which is that we used to have a much bigger House of Representatives in Massachusetts. It was enormous. The city of, of New Bedford had five state reps that lived in the city. Oh yeah, they were like ward councilors. Cool. There were a number of state reps. Matterport, Fairhaven had a huge. It was around 1965, 68, something like that. They professionalized the House of Representatives. They shrunk the numbers way down to 160. Yeah. They added professional staff. They gave them offices, things like that. If you talk to Senator McLean, when he was in the in the House of Representatives, he got elected in 1960. Biff McLean worked from a telephone booth in the in the in the hallway of the legislature. They didn't have offices. Right. You know the speaker the speaker did things like that. So. That what happened, there was a study that was done, uh, funded by the Ford Foundation, if I recall correctly, maybe Brookings, but I, I believe Ford, where they decided to professionalize the legislature. They raised the pay, yeah. brought in staff, things like that. So what was is not, you know? Yeah. So, but the, but the number of senators, I don't believe, was reduced. Okay. So you got 40, and 40 beats 160 all the time, right? Yeah, of course, because you, right, when you divide it up. Yeah, your vote, right? your vote counts for more. Um, but in terms of, you know, it's funny. There has been a push in the past to give them some of the duties of the governor's council. Yeah, that's well, the thing. Well, which that, in other states the they thing. do. We don't have that. We have a governor's council, so approving judges, judgeships, and even approving appointments. Like right. if there's a vacancy to fill, approving the budget every week. Approving, yeah. So right. the, I should say the um, the the um, the allotment, right? Yeah, the, the allotment, right? Yeah. Exactly. That's all done. That would be a senate responsibility in a lot of places, but that is done by the governor's, governor's council. council. Yeah. That's why the governor's council, and we don't talk about it much, but we'll get Joe Ferrer in, a great guy. He is a great guy. Um, that 
the, the powers of the governance council are a little understood, little known, but they're enormous. Well, the other, and talk about your vote mean, uh, counting for a lot. Uh, uh, Councilor Ferreira's uh, district goes from Seekonk to P-Town. It's right? absolutely amazing. It's, 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 a, it's, it's a huge It's all of southeastern Massachusetts. bigger than a congressional district. Right. Uh, 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Hey, good evening. Thanks for holding. Good evening, you two. Um, congratulations. Thank you. Um, about three, a little over three hours ago, one, one of the alumni, Taylor, put out a very uh, inspiring, let's go listen to these guys. Uh, I saw that. Facebook. That was very it was nice. Great to see. Yeah. Um, earlier, just as you guys are coming on, I was actually over at Paul Santos, another alumni, just kind of getting involved with you guys. Yeah. Filling some of the slots, just like where you started, Marcus. Right. Um, and we were up there, some people talking about it. And, uh, there's a lot. It brings back that old touch. And I was, I came from Dr. Fletcher's uh, wake, and I was sitting in a circle. Of a Good bunch guy. Of Good guy. Most of them older than me, a few my age and a couple younger. And the joke was when I started making comments about some of the old ways we used to do things. And John Hackfrost said, I remember when you was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, I'm getting old. <laughs> but we change with time. You can also modify it, and it's always nice to go back and bring some practical local input. And I love that this has been done. Thank you. I Thanks, really Phil. appreciate, appreciate that. Thank, Thank you, you so much. Phil. Look forward to having you call. Uh, good luck, you two. Thank, Thank you, Phil. You. Thank Thanks. You. Yeah, Dr. Fletcher was is, was a hell of a guy. Um, I worked on a lot of his campaigns. Um, uh, he wasn't that great of a guy. Successful though. and unsuccessful. <laughs> no, he. Um, I've heard he's great a things. Real nice guy. Yeah. Really smart guy. Educated man who appreciated education and appreciated. Helping people. He was yeah. a good, good guy. Dennis Farris and I worked on his campaign. Uh, boy, so many people worked on that campaign. Still. Right. Anyway, yeah, um, and Paul Santos is actually doing a great job. He filled in for me a couple times. He's filled in for Ken uh, a few times as well. And uh, he's got a lot of broadcasting experience. And We're going to miss his brother. Yeah, right, exactly. Well, that's the other thing, too. Governor's Council, I believe, has to approve his replacement. Right, I would guess they do. I think you're right. They must I control the once. Because I remember when the they, I remember they had to approve the appointment of Tom Hoy. Oh, oh that makes to, sense. Then. Yeah. To I'm pretty sure they had to approve, and that was like a, it was a whole thing, right? <laughs> right. It was a whole thing, and uh, they had to appoint Tom Hoy to fill Gina DeRossi's vacancy as register of probate because he was the mayor of Taunton and he was leaving that position to do that. But I, I believe that there was. I thought that it had to go through governor's council because there was a little bit of controversy surrounding that. Yeah, but, you know, it, it's a um, Tom's a great guy. It was just a little bit of a, it was beyond his, it was beyond his control. You know? Right. Yeah. I mean, you know, there was people leaving and people saying, well, you know, people get upset. Yeah. Right. People thought they should have the job. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's, exactly. That's what it comes down to. Yeah. There were people at the yeah. Exactly. The but, people who were sleeping when he was moving. But that's exactly what it is. Right. That's exactly what it is. Right. And Tom's a great guy. He did a great job in Taunton, and, and I'm happy he's there. Uh, I mean, but 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 there was. But what I'm saying is his his appointment went through. Uh, I think went through the governor's council. People talk about Boston politics. Boston politics has nothing on Bristol County politics. No, I really on the on, when someone when someone leaves a job or is leaving a job or how fast people are moving. Yeah. I mean, really, really. really. Yeah, you you'll see an it's o, you, you, when someone leaves a position, you'll see an OCPF pop up that day. I mean, there's there's people that are that are waiting for stuff like that, and there's a lot of elected positions that you don't think of that are actually very powerful and influential and very well paid and very well paid and and, and very well paid <laughs> and pensioned uh, that uh, that people 
definitely really want. So 508-996-0500. Appreciate it. Uh, just the the deluge of calls that have come that have come in all talking about the things that we're talking about all supporting the program it's been massive it's been a massive massive um return on on investment right really the amount of time and energy and that's been put into creating this program and you know i mean again michael rock had to go pitch this to corporate we i mean we didn't just show up to an empty time slot they had to move a major national figure yeah Mark Levin, the major, whether you like him or not, is a major national figure, best-selling author, Fox TV. He's got his own television program on Fox, syndicated radio move, show. He'll be on after us. He'll be on after us. They had to move. We had to, they had to move him to make time for us and to make time for and, you folks, baby. Really, really, that's what it came down to. They made time for you callers to be able to reach us here at WBSM to talk about the local and, and national issues. So uh, 508-996-0500 if you want to call in. We're going to take another break, and then we will be back. This is South Coast Tonight with Marcus and Chris here on WBSM. We'll be here every night. 7 o'clock to 10 o'clock, Monday through Friday, taking your phone calls at 508-996-0500. And, folks, if you haven't had a chance yet, please go to WBSM.com. Not only do we have great news stories, but both Marcus and I have have, uh, commentary up there, opinion columns, things of that nature. We'd love you to to, to read them, spread them around, show your friends. I'll tell you, I I wrote a piece yesterday uh, and today about... The 4th of July weekend here in New Bedford. And the fact that the city of New Bedford is very progressively advanced to have domestic violence advocates, mental health advocates, things of that nature. And I was shocked over the 4th of July weekend. When, I, when listening to the scanner, I learned there were none available that night. Now, was it a scheduling screw-up Was it, or was it something else? Why were the, were the advocates not working? Why were they not, why would, and everyone, no one wants to work holiday weekends. We get that. But why were the police working, but the advocates weren't? And the reason I know this is because they would, police were told by the dispatcher, there are no advocates available this weekend. No advocates all weekend long. Now, there are some within the department that are, con- that are saying that's not exactly what happened. But I'm, I assure you, the bigger problem then is that your, your police officers are being given bad information. Right. Because they weren't there. Yeah. That's not, that's just putting it on the dispatcher. Right. Yeah. It's not right. Yeah. And I'll tell you what, that's the night where someone shot at the New Bedford police. Thank God they did not hit the New Bedford police. Thank God. Right. Unfortunately, the guy did kill himself. Yeah. Did kill himself. That's too bad. That's a very sad situation. And I wonder, could a mental health advocate have changed the situation? Now, we'll never know. We will never know because they weren't working and it just never got to that level. But the point of the matter is. The police officers in New Bedford, the police officers in Massachusetts work very, very difficult jobs. And there's a great example, 4th of July weekend. Everyone else is at barbecues and having a fun time with their families, including the mental health advocates. But the boys and girls in blue are out there defending the city of New Bedford and the taxpayers, and they're getting shot at for their thanks. Right? That's a thank you. Here's a bullet, right? So I just want you to think about that. Think about that. What, um, what did you do for the 4th? I listened to the scanner. <laughs> That's how you found out. That's yeah. how I found out. Of no, course. I, I, um, I watched the Red Sox. I went out with Barry Sovier on his boat. You and his did? wife on the weekend. Yep. That was a nice oh, trip back. Barry's a good guy. That's Took me on his cool. Boat. We, we actually saw, I don't know if, this, if, you're an, if you're an ornithologist at all, if you like birds. You might. Alger Hiss did, so you might. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if they teach you that Marxist training camp. But anyway, we saw 
Barry took me out to see... Did Alger Hiss like birds? He did. Okay. That's how they got him. He was an ornithologist. That they tracked him down. Oh, right. That's right. So, anyway, um, Barry Sylvia showed me these beaks on these, these birds. They're white birds with a long orange beak. They're called oyster catchers. And there's some living right off Payton Arum in Dartmouth. Really was an amazing trip with Barry and his bow and his wife, his wonderful wife. I know you're friends with him as well. Of course, yeah. I've known them for a very long time. <coughs> so that was my 4th of July weekend. Cool. Uh, it was a good, it was, well, it was really, really good weekend. Um, and again, as I said, I was covering the news so you didn't have to. Yeah. Reading the New York Times so you don't have to. I actually have a piece coming out about that later this week. We uh, just a little sneak preview of something that I written written uh, written up. There was a piece in the um, there was a piece in the New York uh, there was a piece in the New York Times about New Bedford. Uh, did you read it? I did read it, and I have to tell you something. John Mitchell's PR team deserves a lot of credit. Yeah, because he's told me this on the air and off the air that over the years a lot of bad stories have been written about New Bedford. Yeah, and so when you Google the city, you're not getting an accurate yeah. picture. Picture, And so he set about trying to reverse that. And with Google, one good article is worth a thousand, right? Right. Because it hangs around, it hangs around. So you're right, and there was a good article, very good article about New Bedford. It highlighted a lot of the restaurants, a lot of the activities you can do here in the city. Yeah. And it's in the paper of record for the entire country. Right. So, yeah, that's New York Times is the, well, that's what it's referred to as the paper of record for the, uh, for the country. And it's... Um, it's, the, I believe, the third most circulated paper in the uh, the third most circulated paper in the country behind USA Today and the Wall Street Journal, yeah, Wall the Wall Street, Street Journal. Journal. Uh, but um, my piece, again, it'll be up later this week, uh, is uh, a few other stories that were in the New York Times about New Bedford. Some good, some some not some not so good, but just right. like important events and some things that that sort of define. Um, what New Bedford has been and is culturally, you know, around the, around the, uh, you know, around whaling, around the Portuguese culture and all that. So, uh, I'm looking forward to, um, to so any, any urban area that. is going to have some bad news. Obviously it's when, it's when it's just a deluge of bad news right. over, year after year after year, which is not paint an accurate picture. That's why I thought the New York times story was so good because it, it really painted an accurate picture of the city. And, um, you, know, you can find the bad news all day long if you want. In fact, I'm happy to bring it to you. But, yeah. you know, I was talking, for instance, Mark Martin and I were talking about it. Mayor Mitchell and I were talking about it. I mean, that article went around the world. Went around, everybody had it. Everybody sending it to the to their representatives. That's an important thing. It really is. Right. Yeah, no, it's, it is, it's a, a like I said, the third most circulated paper in the country, the, what's called the paper of record um, for a reason. It's one of the most uh, well-read and, and celebrated uh, institutions of journalism uh, in our Asian history. It gave you a reason history. to get off 195 if you were going to the Cape. Right. If you're coming up from New York to the Cape for the summer and you'd read that article, it's a reason to get off yeah, the highway. Like, That's hey, let's check this out. For, right? Let's go to the Whaling Museum, you know? Exactly. Uh, so five zero eight nine nine six zero five hundred. Of course, you can message us in the WBSM chat. We've got uh, actually a message from Aaron in Rochester. Great show. Love hearing different views on issues and being respectful. So that's good. That just came in from Aaron in Rochester. Thank you, Aaron. Continue to listen and continue to message us on the WBSM app chat feature. And so Marcus, you, you brought up the fact that one of the things we're going to be able to do here is talk about local town elections, things like that. Yeah. It's not just all city elections. Right. So the thing is with elections is um, they are 
uh, all the time, really. They're not just like a thing that happens every four years or every two years, right? A lot of, because a lot of people think in, in the national, the midterms every uh, every off year, then you get the presidential election, the big one, right? But we those every year in the towns, right? Every single year in the spring are the towns. So you have, and and this year, I think you know. I guess maybe a missed opportunity, but there'll be more because town politics is a lot of things, but it definitely isn't boring. Um, but this year, you, like this year, you had Defend Dartmouth. And I actually went to the um, I went to the the event because I, I had a friend that was involved in it. And I was just sort of that was about the Indian. And I was, local, yeah, right? I was just sort of interested in seeing like the reactions to it and all of that. So there was um, there was Defend Dartmouth. There was the Fairhaven Select Board race, which was a brand new select board, basically of five members instead of three. You know, we, we have so much going on locally in these in these town elections that there's a lot of big local issues and that we're going to be able to with the people that we know in, right. in these in these positions, we're going to be able to get live reactions to elections. And Marcus, it, I have a question for you. You 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 paid very close attention to that, that Dartmouth issue. Yeah. I wonder if there was any thought about maybe changing it from an Indian logo to another logo. Um, Maybe to an animal or something. Like, I don't think that discussion was like really... Like the Dartmouth beavers or something. Yeah. Well, the beaver is a very versatile animal. The beaver actually helped really create civilization here in New England. And I wondered if maybe, you know, would they want to be known as the Dartmouth Beavers? I don't know. But, I mean, I thought maybe rather than having such... I mean, I don't have any problem with the Indian logo. But, in fact, there's an Indian right there. Yeah, the, the Staring over Dirty Deb. Rest right. in peace to, to, right. to Dirty Deb. But having a stuffed beaver wouldn't be bad either. I mean, I just thought, like, what about having another animal? I mean, an animal, a beaver is a very, it's, a, it's an industrial animal. I just watched that show alive on, on the History Channel, so it made me think of it. And the guy caught a beaver, and he was eating the beaver. He loved it. It gave him all kinds of uh, sustenance. As an example, Marcus. We have to go to break? Yes. Let's go. So... I wanted to play a song to go back in, but there was a commercial that was playing before the song. And I just remember when YouTube was just YouTube. Right. Just, you just, you want to watch a video? Right. You have to watch a video. Now there's commercials before, two commercials before, maybe three. Right. Commercials in the middle, right? If it's a long enough video, commercials in the middle. Nothing's free anymore. Nothing's free anymore. Cost your time. Well, you have to sing the song then, Marcus. <laughs> you have to sing the song. I will not be singing the song, uh, but... Welcome back to South Coast tonight, Chris and Marcus. Just uh, wrapping up the the first show ever. It was a great time, Marcus. Really, I, I had a fun. I had it, fun. It was good. I mean, I think I think it was. I think it's just what we wanted, right? Yes, I. I. It was. We had a lot of great callers. We had great guests. Right. We talked about things that mattered to people here, right. and we had some fun. And uh, a lot of it off the scene. No one, no one could hear it on the radio, but you know, yeah, off, right. right? But and we, we got and we got app chats too. We got app chats, and uh, I'm really, uh, I'm really happy about that as well. And I think that you'll find that some of what was said on the program tonight will end up will end up being discussed tomorrow. I think so. I mean, you know? uh, Senator Montigny broke some news about new developments in the Star Store and turning peer, uh, the state pier into a mixed use. That's huge. That's, big that's stuff. a big story. Very big story. So I think that's something that we can um, we can definitely uh, talk about. And we can course, talk about tomorrow, and that they can talk about tomorrow. We have bright and early for the, the, Phil day, the day. The day walkers. It's nice <laughs> that Phil will be able to follow us now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Right. Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Uh, we will see you tomorrow, same time, same place. Wait, we're doing this tomorrow. Yeah. And, uh, oh, Johnny, Johnny One Note. Great guy. Great show, guys. A big relief after listening to four hours of edited out, cut, pasted by. Okay, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> Thanks, Marcus.